Hello, and welcome to the Gym Rat Podcast. I'm Luke. And I'm Jay, and this is episode 77, or as some will remember, i.e. the Raptors fans that left, Andrea Bargnani. And I know what you're thinking, you're going, what? Andrea Bargnani was not 77? Well, correction, yes, he was. He was 77 when he played for the New York Knicks in 2014 and 15. For to further show how irrelevant he was, he wore number 77 and no one even noticed. <laughs> yeah, that illustrates it perfectly. What kind of a loser? Where That says all you need to know about your career trajectory when you're choosing between 77 and 84 for a jersey number. <laughs> yeah, this isn't like the Lakers where there's only like a finite amount of numbers left. No, this is the Knicks. You know, they've had a few good players, but trust me, there's a whole zero of the 99 that are still pretty much open. You know, so... Absolutely. They, they have no excuse. But, Jay, before we really get into it, we owe all of our loyal fans yeah. an apology. We have – I've had people asking me, did you guys cancel the show? <laughs> and, I mean, rightfully so. It's We've been chronically negligent in terms of putting out the show. In our defense, a lot of stuff happened. Um, I had a little vacation. Big Al came out to visit, got bronchitis on the first day, and uh, – <laughs> Shortly after he left, I went to middle sister's grad. I got engaged. Congratulations. Sh- thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I was searching for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, a lot of stuff happened, a lot of distractions. But we're back now, and we figured instead of rushing a podcast kind of in the middle of a weird couple series, we do one at this point where we can recap what's been a great NBA playoff and kind of give you our previews moving forward. So. Yeah, we're also going to talk as well just about a little bit about the OKC loss and kind of the impact that that had, as well as just kind of recapping the Raptors season as well. And one thing as well that we actually didn't touch on on our last podcast, or the last one before that one, I can't remember when it was, but I feel that it's still worthy of a little comment, and that is in the NFL draft, Laramie Tunsil and his debacle. I think we've got to, we've got to talk about that for a second because I feel like our loyal listeners need to hear our take on this guy's brutal draft night because it can only go down to the ages as well <laughs> just we, well, well we might as well, we might as well get into it right now jay why don't you yeah. enlighten but first the off, listeners i got to i got to also say that so officially now both parties of the grp are engaged and that's a, that's a weird feeling you know like when we started this podcast none of us were engaged none of us and now we're both Talk about how the podcast is just carrying with us through life. Just growing up, man. Yeah. Right before right before our listeners' very ears, we are maturing, becoming more well-rounded, shitting on Prince an hour after he died. You know, this is what you <laughs> what you want from us. You grow with us. Exactly. And if you, at this point, if you haven't grown with us, you're pretty dedicated to still listen. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, but um, let's jump back to Laramie Tunsil. So... Just talk about it. So for those that forget what happened, because rightfully so, it was two months ago, let me <laughs> quickly refresh you. He basically, on draft night, he he had a hack in his phone, and basically someone tweeted out a picture of him smoking a bong, but it wasn't just any bong. It was, how many describe a very epic bong? It was a gas mask bong. So a little bit of style points, Laramie at least. But anyway, first off, they show it that, and they tweet out a picture of that. It was deleted quickly afterwards, but you know the internet. If you throw a picture that's a little bit questionable online, 
guarantee you that thing's got legs and it's staying for life. Just ask Jennifer Lawrence because you pretty much type Jennifer Lawrence and you can see her pics within two clicks. Yeah, you want to see a load on Jay Law's face? Just type in the fappening, man. It's all you need. <laughs> Which is definitely, you know, all jokes aside, that's a great name for the, the grouping of these hacked iPhone photos. The fappening. That's just, it's classic. I, yeah, it's, I would expect nothing less from the genius minds who actually pulled off the hack to begin with. Exactly. I mean, if there's one thing they can do on top of the people, what they want, <laughs> is being slightly witty in their, in their naming. Yeah, you got to appreciate it. So let's get back to uh, your boy Tunsil there. The guy got his phone hacked, which is everyone's go-to response whenever they tweet something they don't like. So you always got to take that explanation with a grain of salt. But in this case, you have to think it's true because only the biggest jackass in the world would 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 post a picture of himself in a gas mask bong the night of the draft, especially when he's not a lock for the draft. Ten minutes before the first pick, yeah. especially when he's considered a top five pick, you know, this guy, I think he dropped to like 13th, I think it was. But anyway, the point is, is that like not only did that happen too, but afterwards they also tweeted a picture or, or, or a screenshot of him talking to his coach saying how he accepted money while a collegiate athlete. And if there's one thing that America loves, they love talking about steroids in baseball <laughs> and they love talking about. Um, different types of exposures in college sports. And that one is a big one. That and which so. bathroom Caitlyn Jenner takes a piss in. We can't forget that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's a hero. <laughs> She's so brave. Yeah, so anyway, um, it. I thought it was absolutely hilarious because, you know what, it's just so funny. And you just got to think this guy's like, his worst nightmare happened when that picture is tweeted. And, you know, in all the power to him, he basically owned up to it. He didn't try and deny, deny. Even though you probably could have denied with that picture, because let's be real. You don't actually see any part of you. You just see a gas mask. Yeah, it's a guy who looks like me. That's that's how I would have been going with. It's my, you know, it's my buddy. You know, like, I don't know. There's ways around it. But then the tweet, or sorry, the text message exchange, you know what? He just sucked it all up, just took it in stride. And I feel this is actually going to help him out in his career because this guy already looks like kind of a jackass with how he hasn't deleted that picture or deleted that Twitter or that, why do I keep saying Twitter, that text conversation. So he clearly is kind of dumb. So I think this is actually kind of good for him because now in the rest of his career, he's going to be all his, uh, crossing all his T's, dotting all his I's. And I actually think it's good for him. But I tell you, what a fucking idiot. Yeah, he's going to be America's lovable idiot. He's he's the Forrest Gump of the NFL now. He's going to run in a touchdown. There's going to be a big sign that says, stop! <laughs> exactly. Every sport needs their Derrick Rose, okay? You need an idiot in the sport so that all the other guys can feel a little bit better about themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of idiots, um, <laughs> Dominican Sue, on the other hand, while being a complete idiot on the field at most times. He was actually, and I saw this headline the other day, and it just made me laugh, is that Ndamukong Su actually took an internship at, um, it was it was with uh, Stephen Ross's company, which is a related company. It's one of your competitors, Luke. Um, Stephen Ross? And, That's the kid from, isn't that the kid from... No, no, sorry. This is different Stephen Ross. He's, he's this... He's a CEO of a related company. He's the people who have built Hudson Yards and stuff like that. 
that. So, you know, they're pretty big uh, real estate development. Anyway, he actually, while studying business at Nebraska, he actually uh, took an internship now with Stephen Ross during the summer. Forget working on your game and all that stuff. Now he's going to sit there and take an internship. <laughs> Forget taking the anger management classes he clearly needs to take. Yeah, He's going to bullshit his way into Daddy issues or mother issues or family issues that are deep-rooted in your psychological hell. Yeah. No, let's go and do an internship with Stephen Ross, you know? Can you imagine having to fire that guy? <laughs> That'd be a rough I'm gig. Too. I'm sorry. Um, it's not working just not out here in Dominican. People can't pronounce your name. You keep flipping out on people when they forget to change the coffee. <laughs> we got to yeah. say goodbye. We can't. We, you can't kick another person. You just can't. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, well, that's good uh, for him, man. Good for yeah. him. Yeah. So anyway, um, completely off topic, but Laramie, um, you know what? All the best to you, man. But I've got to tell you, like, what is not to love about just? It's like getting kicked in the nuts, and then like. But it wasn't that hard, so you're like, okay, I can recover. Okay, this is good. You know, you got it good, but, you know, I can breathe, I can get up. And the second you're finally good and able to breathe and take a second, you're like, okay, I can carry on. You get just whacked in the nuts again. <laughs> so it's just like, and this one, you're crippling down. You know, it's like you're down for good. You're not getting up anytime soon. You're considering that you may have had a ruptured testicle. So that's what happened to this guy at the draft. And talk about... Everything you've worked hard for over the years, just crumbling like a house of cards. God, man. I just don't understand how people allow this to happen. I am very aware of when people are taking pictures of me. Specifically, I... if I'm, you know, a month before the NFL draft and I've got a fucking gas mask bong taped to my face, I'm <laughs> Listen, aware of all the phones in the room. Picture. That's, that's, even, the picture. that's even better. It's just like, what are you doing, exactly. man? I don't have like, sympathy for you. Exactly. It's like... You know, guys, if they, it's kind of like having porn on your computer or your phone. Yeah, most guys don't have it because oh, they delete, delete it. delete the history, man. Come on. You delete the history. Or if you got it, that thing is so buried behind. It's basically in the, uh, that Game of Thrones home. You know, the, the one Daenerys has to go in. What is it called? The Dungeon of fucking getting lost or whatever the hell it is where she has to find her dragons yeah the dungeon and getting lost you got it that's it <laughs> i know george r r martin really phoned it in on that in a one. world <laughs> with names filled like Tyrion <laughs> and tywin they you they named something the dungeon of getting lost <laughs> i then he just flashback to an interview with george r r martin he's like i just fucking gave up <laughs> yeah, i got writer's block man <laughs> You try and write medieval porn for six years. <laughs> Speaking of deleting porn off computers, I had a very interesting situation develop with my now fiance about this the other day. And uh, we were trying to access a live stream of a video that we were watching, and we couldn't because <laughs> I had recently deleted all of my internet history for reasons that will remain unsaid. <laughs> and she just basically said, You know, enough's enough. I got the ring on my finger. You don't have to delete the shit anymore because I want to watch Silicon Valley. <laughs> Which was pretty funny on her part. <laughs> that is pretty funny. I'm paraphrasing, see, of course, to make it sound funnier than it yeah. actually was. But see, frankly, the general Luke, gist is there. Frankly, Luke, I'm kind of upset with you. And I think that you need to start learning a few tricks of the trade. Like, have you ever heard of an incognito tab? <laughs> That's what she said. She's like, what are you, an idiot? Use a fucking incognito tab. 
<laughs> That's exactly what she said. She's like, I want to watch Silicon Valley. And I got to watch you dick around trying to find the same live stream for 30 minutes. Get an incognito tab. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, lesson learned. You can yeah, proceed no. to berate me. I, I get it from all angles here. I'm, I'm deserving. Exactly. And mind you, I've had the same situation, but it was incognito tab and it was showing. And then she's like, why do you have an incognito tab? I'm like, oh, it's by accident. <laughs> Please don't ask me to open up that tab. Yeah. For the love of God, <laughs> you will be you horrified. Don't know, you do not want to know in the slightest <laughs> what is behind that tab. You do not want to know. Am if I clear? You do you understand? That tab, if you open up that tab, we've got a two-hour conversation ahead of us. <laughs> Bare minimum. You understand? Minimum two hours. Yeah, we've got we've got some quality control ahead of ourselves, you know. Yeah, it's gonna get ugly. Well, we should probably get off the fifteenth tangent we're on here and actually get to the meat and potatoes. Um, oh, why would you want to do that? Well, you know, it's been a while. We are a podcast. We gotta right? we gotta reassert our sports knowledge here. And uh, Jay, I'm gonna get things rolling here with the most ridiculous sports story of the week. Yeah, and. This episode of the most ridiculous sports through the week is just going to be a dedication to my new favorite player in the NBA, and that is New Zealand's own Stephen Adams. This guy gets more <laughs> ridiculous with every passing day. I'm if sure he most look ridiculous enough. Yeah, you know? if, if he didn't, have... he looks like a cartoon character. He yeah. looks like he would actually be so, like a character developed. Like it just looks so unreal. He looks like a caricature of himself. <laughs> if you were trying to come up with a cartoon character for a really crazy-looking guy from New Zealand and somebody drew you a picture of Steven Adams, you'd say, no, that's way too unrealistic. we got to tone it down a lot. <laughs> but that's the world this guy lives in. Full-on sleeve tattoo, long hair, mustache, hobo beard, incredible accent. Not enough is made of the fact that this guy is one of 18 children yeah, from the same father. This guy's <laughs> father is 6'11". Had 18 kids, man. This guy is a world-class coxman. You know how what kind of power you got to be delivering to have 18 kids? That's impressive. You know Stephen Adams, too? From what I heard, I mean, I, and I, hopefully this isn't ruining your most ridiculous sports story, but apparently this dude used to be in a gang. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, you did ruin my story. No, oh, you didn't really ruin it. I was just going to list a bunch of these crazy facts. The gang was called the Mongrel Mob. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So Stephen Adams, guy, his dad died when he was ten because his dad gave you know he Stephen Adams was born when his dad was sixty, which makes sense when you're having fucking eighteen kids. What might even be more ridiculous than Stephen Adams is the fact that he's got a sister named Valerie Adams, who is six foot four, two hundred and forty six pounds of woman. She's the two time Olympic gold medalist in the shot put, and this chick is an absolute. Beast. Beast, man. I, I... If it's anything like his mustache, I can believe it. I'm sure she shaves that mustache every morning because there's no way you get to that size without a heck of a lot of testosterone. A couple more yeah. things great about this guy. He inadvertently called Stephen Curry a little <laughs> monkey. <laughs> Which was hilarious to me because he was clearly just trying to think of like, okay, I uh, don't want to be offensive here. Just think of a quick little animal to compare him to. Oh, yeah, he's like a monkey. <laughs> Completely oblivious to the just unbelievable racial overtones of that statement. 
Yeah, like, how dare he insult the gorilla so recently after being <laughs> shot? Oh, don't even get me started on that, man. Don't even get me started. We don't have enough time. All I'll say is uh, he should have shot the kid. Maybe the- <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, I, I is we regress so far away from Darwinism that sometimes it's painful, you yeah. know? Just put the kid down. You know what? Shoot the mother while you're at it because neither <laughs> neither of them are going to be contributing to society. But I, I don't want to get going on it. Anyway, my favorite fact about Stephen Adams. We all know the well-publicized dick shot this guy took from Draymond Green, which, let's be honest, that was blatantly cheap. And if Draymond, Draymond Green should have been suspended. Mm-hmm. Dante Jones got suspended for a less egregious attack, if you ask me. Just because Draymond's a star, he didn't get suspended. And had he been suspended, that might have determined the series. However, Mm -hmm. this guy got kicked in the ball so hard, he suffered not one, but two testicular contusions. (laughs) Okay? And if you watch watch him get kicked in the balls, first of all, his reaction is golden, man. Like, I get hit in the balls. I'm swearing, crying. There's mucus coming out of every orifice of my body. I'm rolling around. All this guy does is just slightly bend over and just go, ugh. (laughs) (laughs) Too testicular. I did a little bit of digging. You're not even supposed to walk. On one testicular contusion, this guy finished the fucking basketball series and played incredibly well with two. And yeah, I, I love his response when he called Steph Curry like a little monkey. He's like, just torturous words, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? He's not wrong. It just sounded so sincere. You're like, yeah, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I like this guy. <laughs> There's a poor choice of words, mate. Like, this guy's great, man. He's got to be... Now that Kobe's retired, I've been opening up the fan ballots. I thought it was going to be Draymond, but his display this playoffs has really turned me off of him. So I'm looking for a new guy and Stevie Adams. Not to mention, he's good. Like, his footwork, his defense, his rebounding, he's improved so much. He's only 22. And, and he's he a, only started playing basketball, like, early. Yeah. Like, he, he didn't start... He did only played, like, when he was... Well, he was in the mongrel mob, man. He had no time for basketball. Listen, part of the initiation in the mongrel mob, you don't have time to hoop, you know? Yeah. And in New Zealand. They're too busy playing Rochambeau and kicking each other in the dick to see who can handle it. (laughs) But he always won that game. (laughs) So, you know, my my most ridiculous sports story of the week is just Steven Adams, who is one of the most ridiculous human beings on the planet. And you've got to give him a lot of credit for being able to overcome everything he has. And you got to feel for the guy. I mean, sure, the guy's got a $60 million contract, but if you got to support 18 brothers and sisters, this guy's probably making 100 grand a year by now. <laughs> like, he's, he's just an above average human being yeah. in the salary range. He's got 20 families he's pumping cash into. Because <laughs> you know they're all asking for handouts. It's not like there's a lot of work in New Zealand. Yeah, and let's be I say this having never been to New Zealand and knowing nothing about it at all. I'm sure it's quite a nice place. I hear actually wonderful things about it. So, Yeah. Peter Jackson's a fan from what I hear. Yeah. One thing I do, I actually saw this tweet the other day, and it kind of made me second guess. And it was one that uh, actually the Marcus Aldridge, not the Marcus Aldridge, sorry, um, DeMarcus Cousins retweeted. And that was, is that basically it compared Draymond Green to uh, DeMarcus Cousins. And it said, in 
in what's it called? Silicon Valley and uh, Oakland. When you do when you do that kind of dirty stuff, you're considered just a good team player. And when you're in Sacramento, you're a cancer to the team. And not that I agree entirely with that comment, comparing them two to each other and saying that they're the same thing. They're just ones viewed in a different light. But there are some logic to that. And I do kind of agree with some of it. I just wanted to get your take on it because I think that, you know, DeMarcus Cousins has his coming because he's a little baby. But you know what? It's It just kind of shows the the inequality when you look at the fact that if DeMarcus Cousins did that, he would be booed out of the arena. You know what I mean? Like, things would be flying. Well, Draymond Green does it. Eh, my take different. on that is twofold. First, my original basketball coach when I got to university told me a line that was great. He said, listen, dude, winning hides all the bullshit. And the reason people care about DeMarcus Cousins' antics more than Draymond Green's is his team sucks shit. Now, my second take on it is, sure, Draymond Green has a lot of antics, does a lot of stuff, but it's always directed towards the opponents. DeMarcus Cousins is pulling this shit with his own guys, pouting at them, swearing at them, throwing shit at them, disobeying his coach, being a bad teammate. DeMarcus does all that. Draymond, sure, he's rough and shit with the opponents. Every word you hear about this guy in the locker room is that he's a great teammate, he listens to Steve Kerr, he follows his instruction, he ne- he always tries, never gives up on people. So I think DeMarcus needs to uh, look a- look himself in the mirror before he really sees what the problem is here. People don't yeah. just have a problem with him picking up technicals. It's, you know, just every other thing about that guy that's terrible, which is why yeah. I was happy he didn't make the All-NBA teams. Yeah, that's quite an accomplishment for especially Kyle Lowry. But um, I'm going to jump to my douche of the week because we've gone off on so many tangents right now. Well, that's what happens when you don't do a pod for a month. Yeah, yeah <laughs> There's just a lot of stuff to talk about. So this is on us, gang. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, did we hit one in May? <laughs> uh, define hit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so my um, douche of the week, once again, it's very... Um, liberal when it comes to douche of the week because it doesn't really actually affect anybody. But I'm just going to say that is the story I want to share and then I'll define whatever douche I can figure of it. So I recently went to Cleveland and I got to experience the um, their baseball atmosphere. Now it's funny because before Cleveland, before Boston was the go-to city for baseball, it used to be Cleveland. They held the sellout record for the longest time at Progressive Field until recently when Boston finally over, uh, overcame them. So this was a arena that I excited because I'm thinking, oh, yeah, you know, they're going to be some crazy baseball fans. I go there, and we're talking fucking dead-ass game. Like, this game wasn't even a quarter full. So first off, I'm going there. What the fuck is this, right? Because if a baseball game doesn't have the fan support behind it, it's boring as hell. So... Anyway, I go there, and I can understand why the story makes sense, because I saw these all these signs for, like, $2 beer night, which, if that were to happen in Toronto... It'd be pandemonium. It would... The military would have to be called in. But set aside, on $2 beer night, some of these fans, what they did... I wasn't actually at this game, so... But I, you know, saw it online. Anyway, they were so bored, they started making a pyramid out of the empty beer cans. Now, I wouldn't be talking about this pyramid unless it got aggressively high. 
there were over a hundred beer cans in this pyramid that basically made three or four rows non-visible to the playing field. You but luckily you're... there was nothing exciting going on on the playing field for it to even matter. I bet, if I know you, you were much more excited the development of this beer can pyramid than the game. I could see you going, well, babe, you gotta I wasn't watch at the game. Oh, I thought you were there. I wasn't at that game, unfortunately. No, I was at another game, so I, I can attest to the experience why people would find it more necessary to build a beer can pyramid than watch the game. Because it was quite boring and the Indians stuck. But that's besides the point. Anyway, so this I was on a I was on a Saturday and this was on a Tuesday, but it was very close to each other. So anyway, um, yeah, they built this beer can wall, and you you know that you know when your team sucks when you're sitting there getting quotes from people saying, "Yeah, the hardest thing was stopping people from throwing shit at it," like, <laughs> and they actually got a quote of that. Like that actually made it into a comment. Oh man. <laughs> Forget the score of the game. Oh, no, we're going to talk about this beer can pyramid that a bunch of fucking university bumpkins that just wanted cheap beer went to the game. I can only <laughs> assume it was Pabst Blue Ribbon. It, it wasn't. It was Miller Lite. But oh, cool it's second. even worse, if that's possible. <laughs> so, anyway, so anyway, this thing got massive. And basically, the Indian organization made him take it down. And I, I just say the Indians kind of being douchey for that. Aside from having the racist name, how do you, how do you, like, clearly that is actually getting you some news. You know, that's more exciting than your game. And you're going to sit there and tell them to take it down? Come on, man. You're offering, when you're offering $2 off beer night. On a little tangent for a second here. Sorry. Yes. Go ahead. Brought something up with the racist name. This is how you know Alberta's racist. They think it's politically correct. And I am completely against political correctness, as you're aware. But, uh, I do believe in respecting people's cultures, obviously. But these people in Alberta, they think it's politically correct to say East Indian when they're referring to people from India. It's like, no, no, no. That's just Indian. <laughs> there is no West Indian or East Indian. There's just Indian. <laughs> you know what East and West Indian are? It's just the different people in the country. Yeah, it's the people on the East side, it's like, you're West Canadian. <laughs> exactly. They're just... <laughs> East Indian means the eastern part of India. Not in these guys' mind. Anyhow. Sorry, that's the little tangent I wanted to go on. Yeah. Well, so, anyway. So, well, they built a handball and then it ended up getting taken down because apparently the Indian organization doesn't know how to have fun. Clear. That's very clear. Well, why don't we uh, talk about something that brought a lot of fun into our lives. Um, the Toronto Raptors. Fresh yeah. off of the best season in the history of our franchise. They clawed their way to what can only be described as a miracle finish to the year. Um, I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you're more than aware that we made it to the conference finals. The Raptors won two games against all odds versus the Cleveland Cavaliers. And now they got some difficult decisions to make moving forward. Um, Jay, what was your reaction to the play of the Raptors? I know you were lucky enough to get to see some of these games at the playoffs. Yeah, well, certainly I was overjoyed. Now, let's completely ignore the conference finals for a second and just deal with the first two rounds. Now, one thing you've got to say about the Raptors is that they never gave up. Even when they sucked shit, and I mean, like, 
looked like they were fucking like outclassed times five, they still continued to fight and work hard. And I can remember at that. least ten points of me going, there's no way they're winning this shit. Yeah. And it's you've got to say a lot for a team that plays like shit and still wins. And the Raptors did it a few times. They played like absolute garbage, but they grinded out the win. And that's what I think good teams do. And as a Raptors fan, did we really think we were going to the NBA Finals? I, I tweeted this out earlier, but I mean, nobody follows me, so they wouldn't have seen it. <laughs> but um, think about this for a second. You got the Golden State Warriors, who are historically the best, performed the best in NBA history. They had the best record. You've got the Cleveland Cavaliers with one of the best player, the best player of our generation, basically, just an absolute animal. You've got then the Oklahoma City Thunder with two Hall of Famers and just a solid squad of positional guys, and then you have the Toronto Raptors. <laughs> now, if you were to say one of these is not like the other, I think it's obvious that the Toronto Raptors do not deserve to be in the same conversation with those three teams. So the fact that they were in the Eastern Conference Final fighting for a chance to play for the Larry O'Brien Trophy is wonderful. It is spectacular. I was so excited. And even when they the, they played so terrible in the Eastern Conference Finals in the four games they lost and basically made themselves look like they shouldn't be there, the fact is they were still there, and they still made it somewhat respectable, pushing it to six games. For me, it was well. I agree with what you're saying. Absolutely, they did not really. They were clearly not the caliber of those teams. And usually, when you get to the conference finals, it's through progression. You know, you win in the first round a couple of years, then you finally break through and win the first round. Go to the second round, then you break through that. You get to the, the conference finals. We went from having not won a playoff series in 15 years to all of a sudden we're in the conference finals against LeBron James in his prime, going, what the hell did we get into? And I think it says a lot about <laughs> the like boys. A gorilla pit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're like a four-year-old in a gorilla pit. It's all fun and games until you get over the glass, and then all of a sudden LeBron James is holding you. And, you can... and in this scenario, the poor Raptors got shot. And <laughs> We're going to hell, so it's fine. <laughs> the thing is... Um, the Game 3 win was great, but you know you could kind of see it was coming. The Cavaliers hadn't lost a game in 10 games. They were, bound, they were bound to take something off. Toronto's a tough place to play. Great. What really impressed me and what really gives me hope for the future of this franchise, specifically a guy like Kyle Lowry as a, as a cornerstone to build around, was the Game 4 victory. Because we were up in that one, and Cleveland clawed back and took the lead. For us to be able... To get a gut check win against LeBron James in that scenario is unbelievable. Now let me ask you a couple questions. You're all very excited about the Raptors, but we got some tough decisions to make moving forward. First and foremost being, what do we do with DeMar DeRozan? And Jay, do you think with the gigantic hike in the salary cap coming, should we pony up and give this guy a max deal, which he will most certainly get from somewhere else? I don't think we do. And I think Bismack Biombo has come out and said he's going to take a hometown uh, discount. And I think DeMar DeRozan, if he's truly 
Like it's not it's not like Marjorie isn't like the Charles Free Road's gonna go hungry. You know, this guy is gonna he's gonna get paid. Yeah. Exactly. Now, does he deserve the max? Mm, that's questionable. I mean, he certainly is an all star and his potential. The max is thrown around a lot though. But I don't think if you are truly dedicated to winning a championship with this team, that you you should go in there realistically, not demanding the max. Because that way you can work with it. And then you can actually build and get some players that'll make you a championship team. And we're not talking about this guy not getting what he's earned. Steph Curry is not making anywhere. He's not even, I think, in the top 20 in like players earn in earn money. But clearly it doesn't bother him. It isn't like he's sitting there going, oh, man, I really got to pay the hydro bill, but I've got to wait for my paycheck. You know, he doesn't need to worry about that. So for DeMar DeRozan, I don't think the Raptors should pay him the same amount. And if he's truly as good as he say, says he is of being loyal and everything like that, he won't take the max. And then we can actually build and get some players. Like, we need a four. And, you know, we need a couple good quality role players to back him up. And then we'll be okay. Well, I think that DeMar DeRozan will certainly get a max offer from somebody. And yeah. I think that the difference between a max offer and what he would be able to get from the Raptors would be a pretty ludicrous thing to turn down. So the Raptors are in a situation where they either have to pony up and pay him $20 million a year, which I don't think he's close to being worth. However, if you're a team like the Magic or you're a team like the Sixers or the Lakers who are starving for some star talent, an entertaining player. They have the money to spend. Yeah, it makes sense for them to drop 20 mil. Um, I would never expect a guy to take a $5 pay cut, let alone a $20 million pay cut, um, especially when he's this far into his career. What I would say is this. The modern NBA is about three-point shooting. It's about moving the ball. It's about defending multiple positions. DeMar DeRozan can't do any of those three things. He's an antiquated player. He belongs in the Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, iso ball era where you take fadeaway jumpers. That's all he does. The, he, every shot he takes is a terrible shot. Granted, he gets to the line, and I appreciate that about him. It's his one redeeming quality of his game. But he plays the two-guard position, and he can't shoot threes. In a game that's completely predicated on shooting threes nowadays, that's how you play. The position that's supposed to do it the best, he sucks at it. So I don't think he's worth what he's going to be able to get from other teams. So I think we should let him walk. And I think we should invest that money in a guy like a Nick Batum, who's a 45% three-point shooter, can actually pass the ball, looks to create, does something like that. Or go after a big like an Al Horford or someone. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't think he fits the modern game. I don't think he gels well with Lowry. Think about how much better we, he would be if you had a guy like Batum out there. So when Lowry spaces it, we actually have a legitimate three-point threat there instead of DeMar who just drives the ball back into the crowded space. That's why our offense so often just looks like a bunch of idiots just playing iso ball. I I, well, I don't like that DeMar's true. game. And truthfully, though, the Raptors, I think that also lies on Dwayne Casey's head. And there's rumors that they're going to resign him. And then I, I get it statistically. He's improved the team every he year. He will absolutely so. get re- if you get re-signed after taking if they're beating LeBron James twice in the conference finals. If you yeah. get fired, then I don't know what the hell's wrong. I, I do that. But you but ask anyway. any coach out there, 
you got to coach with the talents of the players you have. You just have to. And you can't coach. It doesn't matter if the coach is players. You still have to have somewhat of a resembled team game. And the Raptors' ISO ball was just painful. Like, there was sometimes so little ball movement. It was like yeah, but, playing pickup in the wide. There's no creators. Kyle is the only creator, and he's not that great of a passer. He gets a lot of assists, but you wouldn't ever be like, Kyle Lowry, fuck that guy can pass. We don't have passers on our team. We have no creators. So it's hard to have a spread motion offense where people are making all the right reads and the right plays when guys don't know how to fucking pass. Mm -hmm. And, And so, I mean, you're right, but at the same time, I'm right. And sure... Dwayne Casey could do more, but Dwayne Casey started as a defense guy. That's what he preaches. That's what he does, and that's how we were able to get as far as we were in the playoffs. He's not an offense guy, and I don't know. I just don't think Demar's worth it. And you know, as much as I appreciate the guy's been here his whole career, and he tries really hard, and he gives it his all. I have no ill feeling towards the guy. I just don't like his game, and I don't think you're not winning a championship if he's your second best player. If he's your third best player, maybe, but you're not winning it as him with your second best player. It's not mm-hmm. happening. I, I can I understand that logic. Now, I do think that there is something to say for loyalty, and I understand, and he certainly has to change his game, I think, a bit. But, yeah, but how do you change you know, it this far into your career, man? But like I but it's not just the game. It's like he can he can teach himself. Every year he's come back and he's you know been working harder and doing this, he can get a three point game. I, I have total faith that DeMar can. If he can hit those fadeaway jumpers, you can learn how to spot-up shoot. My humble opinion, as a basketball player, they seem that you can easily do that. And the three-point shot is an easier shot for most some people because it's consistent, right? The, the fadeaway jumper, you're always... It's the same shot, same position. Absolutely. Now, I... I get your point entirely, and I, I, I don't want to keep DeRozan if we if you have to pay him the max, because you're right, he doesn't mesh with that new NBA, but he's still, I think, a decent player to get, and I don't know, the thing with DeRozan, which really bugs me, though, which is why I don't want to pay him the max, is how he performed in the playoffs. Sure, he had some games where he was all-star talent. Then he had some games where it looked like he was trying to shoot in a fucking... In a like a hole the size of a golf ball. Yeah, he was getting benched a lot of games, man. He was getting benched. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like you were so you were so all over the map with your your game, and you were so not clutch that it is painful. There's no consistency in your game, and that has been pretty much since the start of your NBA career. And that is one of the biggest downsides to me, is that. What DeMar DeRozan are we getting today? Are we going to get the DeMar DeRozan that is sick and you know takes it over? Or are we going to get the DeMar DeRozan that jumps, commits to, commits to a pass, realizes the pass isn't open, tries to heave some low-ball garbage to somebody who really paying attention, or just turns it over? You know, like, what, what DeMar DeRozan are we going to get? And that's the biggest pain in the ass, because he's like Jekyll and Hyde. He's either killing it for you, or he's sucking shit for you. There's no in between. You never know. I agree. So we're on the same page about that. Um, speaking about big off-season moves, let's talk a little bit about the OKC situation. Yeah. Um, the OKC Thunder were up three to one 
in the series against the Golden State Warriors. They had the defending champs on the ropes. Uh, they managed to beat a team three times in two weeks that hadn't lost more than nine times in a full year. So there was no small feat. And um, they were playing the best defense of any team we've ever seen. Um, their stars were clicking. They beat a 67 win and historically good Spurs team. Everything was looking good for them, and they couldn't get the job done. Now, there's a lot of people going around saying it's a choke job and that they pissed it away and that Durant didn't show up and Westbrook sucked and all this. And to that I say, could they have played a bit better? Certainly. However, you can't game plan for Clay Thompson hitting 11 fucking threes. You can't game plan for Curry hitting, you know, seven threes in one half in game seven. You can't game plan for that stuff. That's backbreaking. It's demoralizing. And I don't really hold the Thunder accountable. There's a reason why we've all been calling this Warriors team the best team of all time. It's because they're fucking good. And the Warriors didn't so much claw back with grit. They outskilled the OKC Thunder. If you look at the stats, Durant said this himself. They won every facet of the game, the Thunder did, except for the threes. And the Warriors, no matter how bad they played or the assignments they blew or how many times they turned the ball over, they were just a couple Clay Thompson threes or a couple Steph Curry threes from being right back in it. And it's just so demoralizing when you're up 15 the whole game and then in 35 seconds, Steph Curry single-handedly brought the lead down to zero. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it really is. And you, they're just so good. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's like just... they're painfully good. I, I don't really I do not hold I, I think you know the big question now is 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 Devin Grant gonna leave? And let me tell you right now, he won't. For two reasons. One Kevin Durant is entering his ninth his tenth season. After you hit the ten year mark as an NBA player, you are entitled to a veterans increase in your desired salary, which means you can get a larger portion of the salary cap than you could before you hit the 10-year So Durant, by signing a one-year extension with the Warriors, at the exact same moment where the cap balloons up to the biggest it's ever been in the history of the game. So he could stand to make legitimately somewhere around $80 million more if he just chills for a year. And that would also put him on the same free agency cycle as Westbrook. So all of this stuff, what's he going to do this year? I'll tell you right now, he ain't going anywhere. He's going to, you'd have to be, I don't care what socialist Jason wants to say, you don't turn down $80 million. It's just, you don't do that. You're an idiot. If you're doing that, you're basically saying, fuck you to generations to come in your family. You could... 80 million is enough where you could start buying islands in the South Pacific for retirement. You, you don't say no to that. Whether or not he leaves after that year, whole different story. I don't think you will. I mean, you, you, you almost beat the Warriors. You came as close as anyone has in the past year and a half. And you don't have any better chance of winning going anywhere else unless you join the Warriors. Yeah. Um, frankly, think about Yeah, you know, All you got to do is look at the record. They made it to the Western Conference Finals. They beat out the Spurs, who had one loss at home the entire season. That's ins- insane. One loss. Think and, about that. They, they beat, beat that team that were historically twice good. At home. Exactly. They beat that team that is historically good. 
but didn't get the same recognition because of Warriors. But any other season, we're talking about the Spurs like they're walking on water. So they beat that team, right? And they made it to the Western Conference Finals. They were up 3-1 against this team. And you know what? Say what you will about losing. They were this close to yeah, winning. They, they were, were the closest you could be. They're right now the closest team. Yeah. Really you know are. what? Who's to say that Durant, you know, like, who's to say they don't get a different, another little swing player or whoever it is that further helps them out? Who's to say that um, our pal Adams doesn't keep blossoming into, you know, an NBA stud and then you know, sure enough, they're even more of a force to be reckoned with. They've got a good squad. And for Durant, it's, it's not about money. So why would you leave a squad that is clearly in the win-now mentality in his prime? Yeah, I, I don't think it makes any sense. There's, such There's no team. other team you can go to that you're going to have this better team. No, unless he went to the Spurs or the Warriors. And, even still, and that ain't going to happen. And even still, it's not like, you know, we're talking about... A couple Clay Thompson threes away from these guys being the champions this year, because I truly believe if they'd won that, they would have won the finals. I thought whoever won the West was going to win the finals. You know, as good as the Raptors are, if they can beat the Cavaliers twice, you better believe Golden State's going to bend them over a barrel. But that's going to be our upcoming segment. Um, Billy Donovan did a lot of experimenting at the beginning of the year. He's a brand new coach. Tried a lot of lineups that didn't work, and these guys probably pissed away a good, let's say, seven games that they should have won. They should have been a 60-win team, so I don't think their record really indicated their potential. And what we saw during those three victories, where they were blowing out the Warriors, we saw the team we've... They've got the desire, they all play hard, and when those guys are clicking, they're the best team in the world. It's just unfortunate that they ran into... A team that clicks more frequently than they do. And when the Warriors are clicking, we all know it's a damn shame. I really think that uh, OKC is going to be in it again next year. And it'll be a coin flip again to see if they can make it out of the West. Yeah, and you know what? you got to consider this, too. I mean, OKC, like, I mean, first off, like, take take everything away from what they've, like, everything that kind of happened this year. And they've got a good amount of role players around them. You know, they've got a good amount of that. So they're not hurting. All it takes is just simply getting a hand up on a guy and somehow finding a way to stop Seth Curry. Now, I know this is easier said than done, given the fact that Seth Curry, as Durant calls it, makes bad shots. That's how good he is. Or that's why he's good. But there's no way... I refuse to think that Steph Curry can keep up those kind, that kind of legendary status so that is another thing that i think okc will certainly find start taking advantage of and actually being able to beat this team because player for player i still think they're better but oh uh the golden state warriors can just shoot their way into anything so i don't know i don't see why you'd leave there's no way i would ever consider leaving the thunder i definitely don't think they're better than the warriors player for player their top two might be better than the Warriors' top two. Um, people forget how unbelievably dominant Durant was during his MVP season. Put up numbers that even blow Steph's out of the water this year. So, But other than that, 
when you got guys like Igudala coming off your bench who are all NBA talent on any other team, and just the amount of guys in the Warriors who are capable of averaging six assists a game. That's what's crazy. The the Thunder have one create two two creators, and Durant can be when he wants to, but it's 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 Russell and Durant. And sometimes waiters. They don't have any other creators. Robertson's really one-dimensional. Unbelievable defender, but literally is the worst offensive player I've ever fucking seen. Anywho, um, let's move on here and talk about what's actually coming up. I think we're both in agreement. He's not going to leave. It would be stupid for him to leave. I just can't see Durant doing it. So let's let's talk about the little NBA final action. Um, it's that time of the year. It's the best time of the year. We have a rematch of last year, the Cavs versus the Warriors, um, LeBron, the old face of the NBA versus Steph, the new face, all the storylines that go with it. Both of these teams bomb threes like it's going out of style, so you know this is going to be a high-scoring affair. Jay, at a glance, what can we expect from this series? I think it's going to be another simple. The Warriors are just going to dismantle this squad. LeBron's going to probably... Work his ass off and do a fantastic job, but the Warriors are just on another level right now. And when you can come back from being down 3-1 against the Thunder, that is the fire under the ass they need. And you're going against a team. So frankly, <laughs> the Warriors are going to win. I don't. I I bet money on it, but there isn't really much of a winning margin. I uh, I agree, and I think it's going to be five games. Let me. Uh... Let me tell you what Steph Curry and the Warriors had to hear the entire offseason. You guys only got lucky. You never had to play a team at full health. The Pelicans were injured. The Rockets were injured. The Cavs were injured. You guys are lucky. You guys are a fluke. They had to hear that the whole summer. They are sick of it. They want nothing more than to play the Cavaliers at full health this year. Nothing more. They've already beaten a, a Thunder team who is way better than this Cavs team. Um, people keep saying, like, think about how different the Cavs are going to be now that they have Kyrie and Love back. And the only reason the Warriors actually had a competitive series last year was because without Love and Kyrie, the Cavaliers were forced to play all their defensive guys. So they loaded up a defensive team that could rebound better than anybody else around LeBron. And they played bully ball against the Warriors. And that's how you beat the Warriors. That's what the Thunder did. you got to be physical. you got to out-rebound them. By bringing back Love and bringing back Kyrie, you're trying to beat the Warriors at their own game. You're trying to outscore them. You're trying to out-finesse them. That isn't going to happen. Kyrie Irving will be torched by Steph Curry. Kevin Love will get played off the floor every single game because he will not be able to keep up and defend. When the Warriors go to their death ball, small ball lineup, it's over. They have to pull love. So I think it's a moot point. I don't think their presence is going to change anything. They actually had a better recipe last year when they were playing all the big guys and just letting LeBron go ballistic. The only way the Cavs stand a chance in this one is if LeBron goes even more superhuman than last year, which is certainly possible, but he's getting older, and I just I don't see it happening. I think the Warriors are going to steamroll him. Yeah, I don't think there's a chance. Frankly, yeah. It- Basically, for everything you said, and just the fact that the Cavs, they struggled against the Raptors when the Raptors were on fire. And on the Cavs that are really, really, really 
three ball happy, and they're pretty much reliant on the threes. When you just compare how the Cavs shoot threes to how the Warriors shoot threes, it's not a contest. So it's going to be a three-point shootout of a, of a series. And if that's the case, when you're betting on a three-point shootout, anytime you have Steph Curry or Clay Thompson on your team, you bet on them to win. And when you have both of them on your team, it's a surefire. So I don't see them losing. And as you said, they have a chip on their shoulder. And I don't know how a team that won last year's NBA championship can have a chip on their shoulder, but they do. Well, so. it's just this too. It's, you know, everyone, they see the Steph Curry threes. They see the Clay Thompson threes. They see the Draymond flexing. And what gets lost in all that is the fact that the Golden State Warriors are one of the best defensive teams in the league and have been for two years. What makes them so good is every one of their players has an incredible basketball IQ. They don't gamble. They use their IQ to always be in the right position. They move on a string, and every one of these guys is capable of switching with the other one. So no matter how complex the action, you know as a basketball player, Jay, when all you're doing is switching, basketball becomes real easy, and you're just chasing guys around. And if you're smart enough to keep track of who you're switching onto, there's no problem. That's what gets lost. Everyone says, you know, OKC choked. Durant didn't show up down the clutch. No, no. He had Andre Iguodala shutting him down. Andre's one of the best defenders in the game and at points shut LeBron down in the finals last year. That's what separates this team from Cleveland. Cleveland is a mediocre defensive team at best. And that's going to get exposed when they go up against the best offense I've ever seen in the Warriors. So Remember when Iguodala was the... NBA Finals MVP. Yeah, and a lot of that was because of the defense he played on LeBron. Now, granted, LeBron was still putting up 40, but in the spurts that Andre was on him, Andre did very well against him. And that's exactly what Andre did against KD and Russ. I mean, you know, it's, it's easy to say these guys choked, and that just completely discredits how good the Warriors are on defense. Klay Thompson, my God, that guy can defend. He's like a robot, that guy. He shows no emotion and just balls, and I love that about him. But His dad watched WrestleMania over watching the Western Conference Game 7 final. Seems like a bold choice. <laughs> I don't know. I'm more, I'm more shocked that someone watches WrestleMania. Hey, you know, people like to be lied to. <laughs> yeah, so I don't think it's a contest. I mean, I really... I... I don't, I'm kind of like on the fence because I kind of want to see the Cavs win, but I really wanted to see OKC win. So if yeah, OKC man, isn't I winning, I kind of want to see the Warriors. I was pulling for OKC, but now that they're not, I want I want to see history. Mm-hmm. That's where I stand. I think it's going to be in six, though. I think the Cavs are going to. I think they're going to squeeze out two wins. They're a healthy squad. And even though they don't match up the best against them, they're still the decent squad. And any given night, Kyrie and LeBron James can go off. So I think they're at least going to pull it to six. Well, hey, it's... Uh, it's but def- it's going to be like a Raptors six. It's going to be like, a, you know what? The Warriors beat your ass in like three games comfortably. And then the two games you win, maybe one of them you squeak out a win. The other one, it's like a somewhat convincing victory. But it's, it's going to be basically, the Warriors aren't going to be concerned. They're going to have possession of the series the entire time. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. Well, 
Uh, I guess it's what you get when you have two LeBron haters uh, <laughs> previewing a series that he's involved in. Granted, we were very open about how we thought he would make it here, so um, it is what it is. If you guys don't like it, listen to a different show. What can I tell you? Yeah. And, uh, Jay, I think that about does it for this episode of the Jim Rat Podcast. We apologize for the uh, length in between our shows, and we're going to do our best to make sure that we keep giving you a product consistently. And thanks, as always, for tuning in, guys. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, and we'll see you next time.